Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We are in Las Vegas and just watched 50 laps of what I think was very entertaining racing. This is John Massengale, and we are in Las Vegas, and I'm joined by Jonathan Green, Bob Varsha, and Chris Medlin. I'll start with you, Mr. Varsha. What do you think? I thought it was a spectacular race and a, you know, a fitting conclusion to this weekend that's seen so many ups and downs. Um, the track was such a question mark coming in. You could kind of sense the drivers were, were learning how to race the, uh, the strip, which is what they're calling it now, the, stri the circuit of the strip or something to that effect. Anyway, great race, um, lots of passing, uh, lots of close quarters racing. And you could hear just from the finish of the top three in their interviews that they were uh, equally happy with how the thing unfolded. I'm just still staggered by Max Verstappen and what he's accomplished. Sixth straight win in the United States, sweeps the three races in the USA this year. And he has now finished on the podium in over half his career Formula One starts, hmm. which that, I think is pretty phenomenal. That is a stab. Jonathan, uh, what do you think? Uh, Bob and I think this is, was pretty successful. I've been waiting to say this for over a decade. Um, I started working with ESPN back with Bob back in the 90s, and frankly, it was a hard sell to take Formula One to the American fans. Now we have the tracks. We have three fantastic tracks. We have a young driver who is without doubt this weekend and last two weekends proven that he's worthy of Formula One. And we have American teams and American influence in the technology world. And now this race and these fireworks have now solidified finally America as a home for Formula One. Very well put, my friend. We've been, we've been together in, this, in a booth for over a decade. And the beginning of that decade was like, what do we need to do to get this sport to grow? And yep. now it is just on fire our sport and it is amazing just to see the fans uh who with their team jerseys and their enthusiasm at four in the morning to want to be here fighting with security guards to stay because they wanted to see formula one right yeah well i think we also have chris medland chris are you there my friend i am indeed i'm uh, in the paddock where the fireworks are pretty darn loud i must say uh, so I could just hang <laughs> yeah. over them, but they're pretty, pretty spectacular. Uh, right from the roofs and all the different resorts along the strip. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty damn impressive. And, uh, yeah, only can echo the comments, really. I mean, it's uh, the thing that really stood out to me today is how good this track was for racing. Uh, I hope it stays that way. I hope it's that they don't go and try and add more grip to it to help drivers get one of the cars and things like that. Uh, it just was the kind of perfect storm, I think, in terms of marginally low grip, the, a tough track uh, in terms of can't make mistakes. Uh, temperatures weren't too bad, were they? It's warmer than expected, I think, uh, marginally warmer at least. So it kind of all came together um, and we got an excellent race. Uh, you know, I'll admit the, the atmosphere in the press room has been up and down over the week with certain things that have gone well and certain things that haven't. But it was uh, universally loving that race. Uh, and the action they put on, which I think was more than one percent sporty uh, competition. Don't you? Yes, absolutely. I'm afraid he misread uh, the script on that, um, and I think he's uh, regained his uh, enthusiasm a little bit, as he always does. But uh, yeah, that was a heck of a sporting event, I would argue. Uh, the overtakes, the skill, the strategy. Uh, um, and just some of the fun stuff that was that, that, that took place during that race and, and really pushing these guys to their real limits of man and machine. Uh, just fantastic. And, I, I, like, again, the design of the circuit really just blew me ahead off. Yeah, uh, it really did. And uh, I was just thinking, as I look across the racetrack, we're sitting at uh, turn 17, final left-hander onto the front stretch, and the crews are already at work dismantling the course. Now, keep in mind, throughout the weekend, 
the track had to be closed. In other words, all the concrete put in place, and we've talked about this before on the show, before the cars could come out. And as soon as the session was over, they had to remove the concrete walls and fencing and so forth. So just the fact that they were able to pull that off uh, tells me that this race might have a lasting impact on how um, course design and construction um, evolves going forward and what you can do to create a really race-worthy Formula One circuit is, um, is, is pretty staggering, I must say. A lot of engineering, a lot of effort, and um, it really all has come together. I said in commentary right at the end, we were all summing up. We had plenty of time to sum up, which is rare because of the trip down to Bellagio. But, you know, you, you can, you know, Liberty Media, this was their first promotion of a Formula One event. They spent $250 million on um, the pit paddock uh, building. Uh, the cost of the Grand Prix will probably reach over $600 million, um, when it all adds up, uh, if not more. But they've negotiated with the state, with the city of Las Vegas. They closed the strip, which no one said could happen. They invited 350,000 of their close friends or fans to come and enjoy it with them. But the one thing they couldn't predict was a race and how good that race was. And that's what really, that's the icing on the cake for me. Because if it had been a dull race, yeah. you know, it would have yeah. had a, a bad feeling. But it wasn't. And, and, and like I said, every box in my mind was ticked. I was just saying, I wrote down, it had a little bit of everything. Yeah. How many How many lead changes? How many different yeah. leaders? Yeah. How There's so many. You could just keep going down what makes a great race. We but started the hey, day saying Perez had, was nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I texted you in the middle of the race. I know. I was like, you should have placed that bet because it looked like Checo was going to win the I race. Know. But I, but I wasn't going to bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're talking about Liberty Media. Liberty Media is a much smaller company than all the company brands. Yeah. All those brands like American Express and Oracle and, and all the brands. <laughs> yeah, all the brands that we see. Liberty Media is a, they're not a tiny company, but they're, they are compared to these big giant companies that it's are. a huge risk for them. Yeah, it's a big, big, it was a big gamble. Yeah, it, no, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but yes. you're absolutely, it, it was. And like I said, we, we, Chris brought this up when we spoke on Wheel to Wheel. You know, if you'd have said in a bar five years ago over a few beers, I'll give you all the money in the world where you want to hold a Formula One race. And somebody would have said, I want to take over the strip in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Say, go, get out, yeah. Leave the bar, you well, goofball. It, it, it is unobtainium, but they've done it. And, you know, every time the cameras panned down the strip, every time I was, like, stunned by it. I was like, that is just amazing looking. Mm -hmm. And... This will probably still happen every year. We're going to go, I can't believe we're here. Yeah, another thing that uh, uh, when we did the grid walk, uh, one of the comments that I said to Lorette was, you know, we expect when you're in Vegas and now at any Formula One race to have A-list celebrities. It's now part of the show. But now those A-list celebrities, a lot of them are now invested Investing. in the sport. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, Chris, you want to give us a check-in from the paddock? Yeah, well, I was about to say we heard from one of those A-list celebrities, didn't we, on the uh, on the mm -hmm. pre-race show on the grid there with Rob McElhenney. Um, yep. But I was just me catching the end of you guys there. I've been lining up uh, Oscar Piastri, who's about to uh, go on F1 TV, so I will steal him after that um, and, and have a chat with him about how things have gone. Also, going to try and keep on top of uh, the latest with uh, Lando Norris Lando, because yeah. not sure if it was reported, but he did go to hospital to have precautionary checks. After his yeah. big accident, so no, we didn't haven't hear that. seen an update since. Yeah, so clicked by the FIA. Yeah, the FIA yeah, and, was... and McLaren uh, did a joint statement on, on that. Right in the so middle we'll of that. On that one. Chris, any um, in the press room, any talk of uh, or you know thoughts on? We all thought that hey, they really should have an under class of cars. You know, some some more entertainment on track, and therefore evolution. You know, making the evolution of the track better for grip. Um, any talk of that for next year? Uh, not direct comment in terms of that it could happen or anything like that. No, we haven't heard anything on those lines. I think the organisers have had bigger things to worry Thanks about to fry, yeah. up to now. Um, yeah, we, we have said the same uh, in just normal chat and passing, but I think it will come down to whether they can essentially turn the circuit around quickly enough. As, you, as Bob was just talking about getting it uh, stripped or getting it open for traffic when it needs to be and, and that sort of thing. 
if they can do that, then yes, we might get some more more racing. But the main thing is they they can't have delays to the F1 race by by another mm-hmm. category um, when they're on such a tight schedule. And uh, as I kind of said actually at the start, I don't want to see too much change. I, I don't want to see. I want to see mm-hmm. that track evolution during a race. I want to see that uncertainty and that unknown. It, it was different to other races where the track's fully gripped up and is in a certain kind of stable state for Grand Prix. So I, I think that was a, a nice addition. Okay, mm. good point. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was. I've been starting about halfway through the race. I kept thinking about the future. Like, what's it going to be like? Is this? Is it going to continue to have this great racing? But you know, they could also make a tweak to you know it's it's a road course so you know they could they could say all right we're going to turn make a, a chicane here or a change there if they want but i i just was so impressed by what we saw today i just i think it's just amazing and i think that going back to what you said jonathan the 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 growth of the sport i think we talked about the possibility of this continuing the the uh, the momentum that the sport has, I think it just bent the curve up even more yeah. th- of what we saw this weekend. And that's why in Chris's uh, article about Max uh, that came out this morning, uh, you know, I think he misread um, the knowledge of the fans uh, saying that they are here to party and they don't know Formula One and they need to understand and learn more about the sport. I, 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 I'm sorry, I do not agree. I think this is a, a learned crew of people who have, yes, maybe used the pandemic to get to know it better. Um, but, you know, um, these were real fans. Uh, we, see, we see it at Austin. As two guys, you and I, who have been broadcasting Formula One races since <laughs> the 1980s, I would certainly hope that the racing fan public is better informed about Formula One, yes. or else you and I we, have we, completely we, we need, blown it. We need to be in an old people's home quick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very true. And, you know, there were, I kept drawing parallels to Austin about, you know, teething paints at the beginning of the weekend, yeah. uh, the crazy slick surface. I mean, any kind of any new venues like this, though. But but man, did they pull this off? Yeah, that's um, a, a little talked about um, performance by Max Verstappen was that he was starting on the side of the racetrack that had just been cleaned after some vintage cars in the mm-hmm. driver parade dumped oil all over yeah. the racing line. Yet he was still able to get away and be wheel-to-wheel with Charles Leclerc before they got to the first corner. Did you hear? Were you guys listening? At speaking the, of, they did the speaking of wheel-to-wheel, there's a driver that did a bit of that today. I remember a move down into Turn 5 that, that definitely stood out on Pierre Gasly, I think. Oscar Piastri, how was it out there? Uh, yeah, it was good. Um Pace was really strong, which was nice. Um, it kind of feels like we deserved a bit more than than P10, but uh, yeah, just sort of unfortunate with the strategy we were on. Um, yeah, you know, I had to, to make another stop. Puncture didn't help. Timing the safety car didn't help, but uh, pace was was really good um, compared to to yesterday. I mean, I think yesterday was uh, you know not very representative of where we were, but I think today was. A good step forward. So, um, yeah, positive and uh, nice to get a, a point for fast lap two. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you, you got more than just 10th place out of it. You did get double the points with that fastest lap and uh, a good recovery. But how was the track as well to, to race on? I mean, it delivered a thriller for us watching, but from a driving perspective, was it, was it fun? Um, I mean, yeah, to, to do a qualifying lap around, it's it, it's not a driver's favorite, that's for sure. But to race around, it was honestly very good. I think, you know, an element that helped was the uncertainty with the tyres, um, and you know you have that on any track, and it, it produces good racing. But with the long straights, I think the DRS was um, actually you know very well sort of put in place. It made overtaking difficult, but but doable. Um, so yeah, enjoyable track to race on. Um, yeah, looking forward to coming back. And did you get any time to enjoy yourself off the track, or will you get to tonight? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I. Uh, I should probably go to bed before the sun comes up today because I haven't managed that for the last two days. So um, we'll see. But uh, I don't know. I think it's up. Well done. Cheers. Thank you. (laughs) Breakfast of champions. We we were all kind of sitting on the edge of our chair waiting for his response to how was it to drive. And, and, you know, I can can understand that. Uh, I'm sure it was – very challenging with the lack of grip out there. He turned around a weekend that was just oh, horrible yeah. for McLaren. Well, and still is with it's Lando in the hospital right now. Yeah. We don't know what's going on there. And I, it's funny. I, I, 
I actually was texting a buddy, and I, I was like, why is Lando not back at the garage yet? What's going uh, on? Okay, good call. And, and sure enough. But uh, all right, guys. All right, coming up right after this, we're going to see who else Chris can get an interview with, and we'll have plenty more from Las Vegas after this. Live on YouTube. We're going to do a little adjustments on the knobs. All right. What, you mean me and Bob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks. We've been called a lot of things. Oh, but there's thanks. the problem, Bob. Your, your headset was turned way down. Sorry about that. Ah, uh, well, jeez. Much oh, better. man. Right now, our engineer, Casey, is saying, oh, yeah, right. The but commentator has to play with the controls. Yeah. By well, the way, by because there's no one else to do it. <laughs> by the way, we were told in no uncertain terms that a very big celebrity we've oh doing to the podium and then Coulthard. Yeah, yeah, how we wind up with David Coulthard. <laughs> <laughs> now, DC's a nice guy, Stop. but, well, yeah. I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag. We were told it was going to be Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Wow. That would have been cool. Maybe he couldn't be found among the legions so, of celebrities. So here. I was watching the uh, the, the uh, sky feed, and when they the – uh, <laughs> Yeah. When they it announced could. that Bieber was going to wave the flag, Martin Brundle said live to the world, my life is complete now. <laughs> 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 nice one. <laughs> I'm still a little bent out of shape about that. I mean, Bieber's Canadian, for crying out loud. No. It's the he's, last he's thing. He's done it before. Kylie Minogue is Australian. He's, he's what, Chris? He's done it before, hasn't he? Didn't he do it in Montreal before? Bieber? Yeah, maybe. I yeah, I think yeah, you're right. He I'm did, sure didn't he's he? done it somewhere. He's done it somewhere. Okay, so he's it. got his quota. Well, well, hang he? on. Usain Bolt did it at Coda. Oh, well, yeah. yeah did that's he? True. Yeah, he's Jamaican. Yeah, but so did who? He did was America. He did America. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, the exception proves the rule. Let's have an American wave that checkered flag. Oh, Where, wherever well, it hey, is. Hey, there's my mate. Who is that? That's, um. Hey. DJ Gravix. By the way, I saw you doing your grid walk yeah, on I the talk, big screen. Talk to him. Hey, how was it? You oh, <laughs> man, are you kidding? <laughs> you looked like a kid. In who, a candy store. Yes, you did. <laughs> your face was just I ear talk, to ear. I had a fun chat with Usain Bolt. <laughs> All right. Here. I Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. As the official cybersecurity partner of the Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One team, CrowdStrike protects against cyber threats so the team can focus on what matters their next win. The revolutionary cloud-native unified CrowdStrike Falcon platform harnesses the speed and power of the cloud to protect and defend organizations of all sizes against increasingly complex threats, stopping breaches before they happen. Because on and off the track, the stakes couldn't be higher. A split second can make the difference between victory and defeat. When every second counts, protection shouldn't slow you down. It should fuel your momentum. CrowdStrike, protection at every turn. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com XM. All right, gentlemen. Chris, I'll check with you first in case you're standing by with uh, with a guest. I'm standing by in a queue. Uh, uh, I'm I'm next in the queue for uh, the guy that's just had a one-two. So, uh, yeah, I will jump in in a bit. All right. Let me just check on social media. Jorge says, enjoyable race, exclamation. D. Murphy says, Max was driving like a pissed-off teenager. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> what he means by that. Yeah, what was that I'll take it. About? Yeah. Uh, well, he made well, some. I he, mean, he did come under Stewart's investigation on what three occasions? Yeah, yeah, and was a little petulant towards the scrutineers, which right. didn't help his yeah, score. Actually, this is not a bad comment at all. Well, Thank and hang on a minute. It. Two and a half seconds into the race, he drove somebody off the track. Yep. Yeah, and was penalized what'd five think, seconds. What do y'all think about that penalty? No, the five def seconds, definitely. No, but I mean, should it have been more? Was it appropriate oh. or no? It's the first corner. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, first corner. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, and it I think was, it's in it line with every, everything else we normally get in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, that's, that's your standard penalty. And I, I tweeted at the time, I was like, ah, it won't matter. Uh, yeah, that yeah, means well. it's going to disappear <laughs> now because, and that's why Red Bull made the call they did. So I'll put that question yeah. to Christian Horner in a sec. But I was proven wrong because he did not disappear, did he? No. Nope. Yeah. No, he did not. 
Not a bad way to celebrate your 50th birthday. And, and what did Max say? He said, yeah. When they told him he had a five-second penalty, he said, yeah, that's fine. Send him my regards. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. In other words, he knew, too. They yeah. It wasn't going to make a, a difference. But, man, the, the, the racing was fantastic. I can't get over it. I'm, I'm just going through my notes, and you could hear the fans here. I told you I like didn't check you, Johnny. Uh, I've got the, the man who's had some 50th birthday celebration. Yeah. What a place to do it. Well, I mean, the perfect birthday present. Um, you know, one three, one two in the drivers' championship, um, and a great race to win. I mean, that was a proper Grand Prix, and uh, yeah, I think it was uh, it was really exciting to, um, to to be part of. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about the show and everything that's gone on around it, and Max yeah. has had some comments around that. But when it came to the sporting challenge, tough one for you today. Yeah, and he would have really enjoyed that race. You know, that's what he's here to do. That's what he loves, and uh, I think Formula One delivered. You know, here in Vegas, and I think that. Uh, you know, it was a tough race, a strategic one that we got right, making that, that extra stop during the uh, final uh, safety car period. Um, just gave us that slight tire overlap to, to Charles that we needed. And um, and that was the difference today in winning the race and um, and getting uh, third place as well. So Max had to deal with a lot, though, didn't he? We had the incident at turn yeah. one at the start, got a penalty for that, and the collision with George. By George as well, um, you know, so uh, and a bit of damage on the front wing, which never helped. So... I, I thought he kept his head incredibly well and, and, and drove a great race. Do you think it's fair, the turn one penalty? No, I mean, it, it, it sort of goes against the let them race uh, motive, but and no grip down there. They both ran wide, but look, it was what it was. And we were happy to, to leave him in position because we didn't feel it warranted to him to give it up. And, you know, in the end, he had to do it the hard way with the five second penalty and uh, managed to convert it. And you mentioned Checo securing second place yeah. in the Drivers' Championship. First time the team's managed that. Bit bittersweet that, again, on the final lap, he's been beaten, though. Look, he's back on the podium. He's bagged P2, a brilliant recovery drive. Front nose wing and a change on the first lap. Mm. You know, the way he's come back through the field is stunning. Uh, and then, finally, yeah, a word on everything that's gone on this week. If we put not just the sporting side, but the whole show, what do you make of it? I think it's been a, it's been a huge event for Formula 1, and it delivered. You know, the most important thing it needed to deliver was a great race. And it did that. And, um, yeah, I think that uh, the way Vegas has embraced Formula One and the way that America is waking up to Formula One is, uh, is something that's very important for the business, for the sport. But most importantly, it's delivered a great race. Well, enjoy the celebrations. Thank, Thank you. you. So we've all been talking for 22 minutes. And leave it to Christian Horner to sum it up. Nicely. <laughs> Nicely when he said... It all comes down to a great race. Yeah, and yeah. also congratulations, Red Bull. Uh, it's not worth uh, overemphasizing. Yeah. I mean, they've had so much success over the years, but they've never had a one-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Hey, I want to ask you guys a question, all you experts. Mm. The the pass when it was like lap thirty-six or seven, when Leclerc was in the lead and, and Max passed him back, um, but the way he did that. He went in deep and then hit the brakes and slowed back down. And do y'all remember that incident? Do you remember it, Chris? Because they're both looking at me like they don't remember yeah. it. But yeah, what, what do. was he doing there? It. The the aerial shot made oh, it yeah. look like uh, that they all hit the brakes too early. And Max, I assume, because he's on the dirty side, did he hit them kind of late, but not as late as he could. And it looked like the clerk had hit them early, then got off them to try and get ahead of Max again. And then hit them as late as he could. And then Max made sure he trail-braked enough into the corner to get the move done. But it, it did make it look like they've all been breaking way too early all weekend. And that they had all this margin left to, yeah. to break much well, later. Well, remember the graphic that came up on the screen there showed that Max was deploying energy. Mm-hmm. And the Ferrari Didn't. Was, was harvesting energy. That's right. That's right. I, they, I do remember that graphic. It was an ERS it was like 30% battle. and 40%. Right. Yeah. Yes, I do that, remember that. that. And actually, Connor also called it well because that was exactly what he caught him with. He basically Where is Connor? Why didn't he come join us? He's having a good time. That's <laughs> I mean, all to him. He knows everybody in the paddock. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, he's, and he's half our age, so he's out there <laughs> yeah. uh, Maybe hanging Chris out with his come buddies. Across him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What else, boys? Um Man, we had some cars at the end there, Hulkenberg and uh, I feel yeah, I feel for Haas this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and Williams too. When we were talking them up so big at the beginning of the race, talking well, about holding on to points. They gave us every opportunity to talk them up big with those, you know, fifth and sixth place yeah. qualifying efforts. Uh the same with Haas with Magnuson up there in the top ten. Um yeah, it uh Yeah, uh, and it, it does look as though now going into Abu Dhabi, I mean they need four points to right. 
um, or they did at the beginning of this race. So it's looking pretty scant as finishing 10th in the championship and last. You so. can't beat the numbers. I mean, they've, they've had trouble all year with using up their tires and yep. sliding back down the running order. And, you know, once again, it happened. So I guess we shouldn't be uh, completely surprised by that. And that's another thing about this race. I have no evidence to back this up. But I think just about every driver in this race had zero in his tire allocation at the end of the day. Mm. I mean, they had used up so many sets of tires. Mm-hmm. Almost all the reds were gone, um, and most of the mediums. And, uh, you, know, you know, you may have had one or two sets of hards, but if you use them in the race, you know, that's it. Thank you, Pirelli. Hmm. I've had a few question marks over the last Grand Prix, and I've been bringing them up, you know, drama queen that I am. But Perez and Sargent, I kept saying it. You know, these guys need to perform these last few races. Well, all, do- all bets are off here in Vegas. Perez will be driving for Red Bull. I'm convinced after listening to Christian and Sargent absolutely deserves to keep that drive. Okay. I, you were not on the, this part of the pre-show, but I said I was thinking the same thing that I, I said to oh, Dave O'Neill. I said it feels like Sargent has been, been making mm-hmm. enough progress. I said, if he has a solid race today, hmm. he'll he might even solidify it today. And Dave said he should have a pretty good go of it in Brazil. And I said, if he and if he secures points and a solid race today, because you know, I know that it, it doesn't really work that way. Work that way exactly. But it mentally, you add the points on top of that, and I felt like it would have cemented it. But I think he, if I, if you were to, if I were to bet right now in Vegas, I would <laughs> bet that Sargent will be back. Yeah. I you agree. said Brazil. Did you mean Abu Dhabi? Yes. Did I say Brazil? You did. It's that time of the night. <laughs> yes, it is. It's 3 o'clock where I'm from, so 3.30 <laughs> or whatever it is, 2.30. <laughs> uh, where, where are you from? Down the road a piece? <laughs> yeah, way down the piece. Uh, what do you think of Toto's the rest of the weekend? Is it, this is early for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yes. You know, everybody was still saying it. They're saying the race tomorrow, the race tomorrow, yesterday, all yeah. weekend. The everybody here has been messed up. If I think I'm going to interrupt you, I'm afraid, ah, there, just one last time, because Mr. Fred Vasseur is here, and you've had a tough weekend to say the least from the word go in practice. How pleased are you to see the team capitalise with Charles getting second today? Tough weekend. I think some of our teams had a, had a tougher weekend than us. Uh, I think overall it's a good result for the team, but for sure that you have a a mixed feeling when you are overtaking three times the Red Bull in the race and you finish P2. It's a bit strange, but uh, overall, I think we did a great job. That uh, I'm thinking about Carlos also, that uh, was involved in the crash lap one turn one and came back from last. But it's a good result for the team, scored good, good points. And on the Charles side, I think he did the job. That uh, the timing of the safety car was the worst for us, uh, four laps after the pit stop. But it's uh, overall, it's a good result. Now we are. Uh, Coming back on Mercedes, I think we are four points behind, something like this, and uh, it will be our target next week. Well, before we mention next week, what about that final lap with Charles and, and the way he kind of approached the battle with Sergio? Because Red Bull were using both cars to try and hold him off. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it would have been better to slow down a bit more, Max. So, <laughs> no, no, that uh, I did a great job. That the lap before, he was not far away, and uh, uh, this one, he did a mega good braking that uh, very very late and i think he took by surprise also mm. a bit checo and it was a very good move it was excellent and as you say carlos with that fight back too i mean just how pleased are you with the way the team has executed this weekend because as you say or said earlier it wasn't the team's fault that he had to take a grid penalty so have you, do you feel like you've maximized everything after what was thrown at you uh, if you consider the penalty and the incident lap one turn one i think uh, for sure that we with Carlos, we maximize the situation, but uh, this is uh, a bit worse in terms of frustration because without the penalty, you are not involved in the in the crash, and it's a completely different weekend. But uh, it is like it is, and now let's be focused on uh, on Abu Dhabi. Well, exactly. I, I won't ask you about the the show because I know that was one. That... No, the show was mega overall. That uh, <laughs> we knew before that the show will be mega, but a lot of people were negative with the sporting side. And uh, honestly, I think it was probably one of the best races of the season, or the best race of the season. And it's a mega success in general for the Open. But how excited are you then for that final race next week? Because like you say, very close to Mercedes. Can you get it done? Let's see next week. But uh, we were 60 points behind them a couple of races ago. Now we are four. Smile on his face. I'm going to tell you that. Fred, thanks very much. Huh. Thank you. <laughs> 
He kept making me hungry. Miguel. When he was saying Migas. Oh, <laughs> Miguel. Okay. Mega. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but hey, he just te- he just said that that was the best race of I the know. season. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's impressive. That's I mean, the head of Ferrari. Yeah, he's seen a few. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has. And I, you know, at, we we overlooked the fact that Carlos Sainz managed to come back to sixth from twelfth, yeah. and he was bogged down in a train of cars yeah. for quite a long time. So um, yeah, a good job for him, and you know, definitely ending the week on an up note for Ferrari with second and sixth. Yep. All right. Coming up after this, we will continue to break down what we thought was a fantastic Las Vegas Grand Prix right after this. Man, we had a huge YouTube audience for us on the pre-show. We had like both your mom and dad, both my and, mom and dad, and, and <laughs> brothers and sisters. No, we, we we had like seventy or eighty people concurrent. It was pretty good. It's good. Yeah, we're growing it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. discovers. Uh, let's see what else we got here, boys. I'm gonna see my live reads that are coming up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to talk about Alpine. Uh, yeah, for sure. yeah. I was just highlighting yeah. that Alpine fourth. All right, we did the crowd strike. Oh, Rosetta Stone. I like this one. Uh, let's see what we it? got. You have to read it in different languages. Yeah. Andy P, as usual, uh, plenty of of smart thoughts from him. He says, almost feel like the Haas and Williams cars got benefit from the cold conditions and qualifying yeah. because they could fire up the tires better, yeah. but then wore them out that much quicker. Yeah, it totally yeah, makes sense, that's Andy. That's the, the answer. Yep. Uh, let's see. Max Godfrey, he says, what a terrible – oh, was – oh, sorry, I just read it. Wasn't a terrible race. I think Max low-key enjoyed it, LOL. <laughs> Williams got – uh, absolutely screwed by those safety cars. Yeah, I feel terrible for Logan. And th- the worst part of the race, though, was when Max was singing Viva Las Vegas in, yeah, in the car. Yeah, I, I know. Oh, hang on one sec. What's happening? Uh, my partner uh, has some equipment to return to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's to walking around people. with his radio. Yeah. The radio man is here, our audio engineer. So were we broadcasting out to the PA just then accidentally? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, they're tearing down our uh, public addresses. Speaking, speaking of tearing down, they're tearing down, they're, they're, they're rebuilding yeah, the mean, city right in front of us. I, I, I'm amazed by that. I've been, you know, yakking on about it for the past few shows. But uh, we've seen them do it a number of times because it's right across the street from where we're parked or where we're sitting in the commentary booths. And uh, they're really good at it. And so Here we it, go. it can be done. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. To the grid, F1 aficionados, fellow F1 fans, as we race through over 30 countries from the historic tracks in Italy to the speedy straits of Japan, F1 is as global as it gets. Ever wish you could chat with locals during the Spanish Grand Prix or truly grasp the team radio in Italy's Monza? Dive into the vibrant, multilingual world of F1 with Rosetta Stone, your co-driver in language learning. With Rosetta Stone, you're not just on the track, you're in the race. No pit stops, no renewals. Move from rookie phrases to pole position conversations, immersing deeper in every race. Rosetta Stone offers a pit lane of 25 languages, guiding you at your pace. And once you're on the grid, it's a lifetime ticket. No flags attached. Gear up for the next Grand Prix circuit. For a limited lap, get 50% off Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership. Full throttle your language journey at rosettastone.com slash SXM. That's rosettastone.com slash SXM. That sounds like uh, a good deal. 50% off, I think I'll pick a language and <laughs> and grow my repertoire. 50% off anything uh, <laughs> is at least in a position to be a good deal. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I hear your microphone out there. What's happening? I was just trying to stalk Esfan Ocon, but sadly I missed out as he understandably was getting uh, congratulated by his team as he returned to their hospitality unit. But cracking drive from him as well, up to fourth from, is it 16th on the grid? And how yeah. quickly he did that at the start. He went, I think, 16th to 8th on the opening lap. and That really set his race up. But then, as we've been kind of mentioning about who he feels sorry for when the safety car timing didn't work, 
Alpine managed to avoid any pitfalls like that as well. So cracking result for him. Uh, but yeah, sadly, he's now gone into his driver room and I can't quite, I don't have the authority to go and knock on that door, I'm afraid. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, you just had to put your headset back on, but Chris was just talking about Ocon. You also wanted to talk well, about him. Well, I, I just thought of the irony of the man with the Deadpool helmet. Um, you know, Gasly qualified fourth. Fantastic result. Gasly was consistently in the top four for most of the race, but it was Ocon that took fourth, and Gasly sadly slipped down at the end. Hey, you know what? Let me ask Casey, the producer, if he has that Rob McElhaney interview. It's only like 90 seconds. I want to I want to play that again. I know we played in the pre-show, but if you've got it, Casey, I'd like to try because, uh, but yeah, all right, let's uh, let's hear that now. I've grabbed Rob McElhenney. Rob, welcome to Sirius XM, late night, Saturday night. Um, and you've been very sensible. You've come to the back of the grid where it's a little bit quieter because that was chaos. Uh, you're here with Esteban Ocon's car. You're an investor with Alpine now. How are you loving the world of Formula One? Wow. I mean, what an absolute honor to be here. And it's hard to explain unless you've actually come to a race to feel the energy here. It's just like nothing I've ever experienced. I mean, it's two ends of the spectrum with you and sporting teams, though, isn't it? You know, taking Rex up the leagues. I'm a Yeovil Town fan. You uh, relegated us when you got promoted. <laughs> so it's all right. I have a lot of respect for Yeovil. And in fact, we're playing Yeovil next in the FA Cup. Yeah, we're live on TV. You and I will sit down and watch it. Uh, but anyway. I had a good chat with the manager. Uh, it's a great organization, great club. Well, thank you very much. But we'll keep it on F1. Uh, what's, what are you invested with, with Alpine 4? What are you looking to achieve here? We're just along for the ride. Honestly, I mean, F1 is, is, is the, one of the biggest sports in the world. We're here to, to be a part of it and to bear witness to some great engineering, to some great driving. Uh, and what do you make of this event in Vegas, shutting down the strip for a Grand Prix? Yeah, I mean, I've had uh, nothing but an incredible experience. Uh, I also didn't have to drive a car over an open manhole cover and didn't experience what it feels like to have a car explode underneath me. So. Uh, all due respect to those drivers that had to experience that, but it's been nothing but fun for us, and we're just, uh, like, like I said, so excited and, and privileged to be here. Well, thank you for your time, and thanks for coming along. Cheers. What did you think, Jonathan? I, I got a chance to talk to him myself on the grid. And oh, he, did you? Yeah, he's, he's just he's tickle-picked to be here. And I actually, as we walked off, I bumped into him again, and I said, I, I get a feeling you might be coming back. He goes, oh, gosh. He said, <laughs> you know, because it was just so... Uh, it was the, the atmosphere was just electric out there, and you could see he was grinning from ear to ear. And, and like I said, he's this good example. You know, look what they've done with that. Thank Welcome you. to Thanks. Wrexham. And that's soccer. Yes, it is. <laughs> and Yeovil Town are on their way back. Just don't you worry. Madeline will tell you. Oh yes, uh, I will. I'm very sorry to the whole of America that was listening to that, and we're like, <laughs> why am I hearing you talk about Wrexham and Yeovil Town? When you're mm -hmm. still on the grid at the Las Vegas Grand Prix with an A-list superstar. <laughs> but now I can say those exact words that I've done that. So, um, But I didn't actually think he was going to interact. I thought I'd just get a, a raised eyebrow and he'd carry on. So when he re responded, I was like, I need to get this back on track quickly. I, I'm, I'm one of the few Americans that hadn't gotten into soccer yet. And even in my hometown, Austin FC, it's huge in Austin now. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten oh, into yeah. it. I just... I don't have time. I don't have too many. Well, there's that. I can tell you, actually, I had to buy an Austin FC jersey for someone who works in Formula One uh, when we were leaving Austin because oh, they nice. hadn't gone to the stadium. And I was in the stadium having to look around, and they messaged me saying, can you pick me up a jersey? I really wanted one. So I had to take it to Mexico for them. So uh, spreading the word there of that club as well. Well, it's grown like crazy in Austin. But And, and the words of Chris Mellon, back to F1. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's look at a couple other <laughs> couple other uh, points from today's I mean I was thinking about this um, I talked about I mentioned it earlier but I didn't get to to uh, talk about Total Wolf when he was talking about George Russell and he said hunt them down George mm -hmm. and I didn't I looked at the times and I was like there's no way he's gonna he's not gonna get fourth and he did and I was surprised that that uh, I, I kind of felt like it's like my first thought was George doesn't have the car of two years ago. You're not going to be able to hunt them down. But he did. Yeah, Oscar Piastri the same way. Made a late pit stop, went out on the medium tire, and hunted down Gasly at the rate of about two seconds a lap and then got to him and passed for that final point plus the point for fast lap. So he has two on the night. Yeah, and, good uh, night. That helped to, uh, you know, to uh, heal the wounds at McLaren, so to speak. You know, I did well, remember something that, I wanted actually, I've got an update. Sorry, just want to interrupt. Yeah, I've got an update sure. on Lando Norris. Uh, and Andrea Stella's just told uh, his print media session that I was going to hover outside to try and grab him after. 
uh, that Lando's been checked and cleared from hospital. So all checks came back negative and he's now been wow. released from hospital. So Excellent. whatever it was they wanted to look at, I imagine it was based on G-forces and impacts. Um, right. They uh, they seem to be happy with him and, and they've released him. So that's good news. How far did that car slide? I mean, that was yeah. that was long a, way. a long way and hit that safer barrier. <clears throat> you know, we think of that safer barrier, it looks like a nice little cushion. Yeah. But when you saw the replay, you're like, oh, that was a serious impact. Yeah, it was sort of a pro forma thing. All of these cars and the drivers, for that matter, carry these uh, G-meters yeah. that, that automatically radio to officials how big of an impact a driver has just gone through. And then I think it's pretty much protocol after that. You have to go through a series of tests based on how hard your impact was. They also have sensors, believe it or not, on yeah, their gloves, in the gloves that lets right. a doctor know um, their heartbeat, their heart rate, uh, beats per minute, and so on. And so they can, sell, they can tell what kind of an impact they've physically suffered uh, and what condition they're in as they get to him. I'll leave it to Formula One. No telling what kind of biometric sensors yeah. all up and down the body, probably. That's the beauty of having the technology world involved in Formula One. So when we did the pre-show, Chris, like a champ, yeah, I think you were here, Jonathan, but Chris was out there when they were uh, putting the kitty litter down on the oil yeah. on, on the yeah. on the uh, start line. And, and Chris, did you happen to notice what I noticed when they were showing the replay of the starts? They showed Logan Sargent. They did an onboard. And you could hear, oh, yeah. you could hear the spinning, the engine revving, the tire spinning, and I was like, "That's exactly what Bowles was complaining, you know, was concerned about." Yeah. You could hear it. Yeah, that was a concern. Yeah, I was actually, I was gonna say, I was actually pretty impressed that uh, Logan didn't lose out too much at the start. He lost yeah. one place, I think, to Kevin Magnuson, but partly with the chaos ahead because of Alonso throwing it down the inside and spinning. Very unlike Alonso to get that wrong. Uh, normally yeah. brilliant at starts and does take advantage in tricky conditions. And I think he just pushed a little bit too hard today. But uh, mm-hmm. that nearly accounted for both Albon and Sargent. So uh, Sargent, I think, was a little bit caught out there and that allowed Magnussen through. But he, he cleared him very quickly again, got back in the sixth. And at that point, I was hugely impressed. I thought he cleared his biggest hurdle, really, of coming cleanly through the start. But sadly, um, yeah, that pace wasn't there for them after that. And I don't think their strategy was perfect either. Uh, and backwards they went. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. A real quick word from our sponsor. The Speed City F1 post-race show on SiriusXM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. Don't forget the slash XM. I thought it was an interesting discussion about, at the end of the race, about Checo's and Max's different wing sizes. That was fascinating, right? Where Checo's wing had a lot more downforce and allowed Leclerc to catch up and pass him. And then Max didn't have that same issue. He had a lot, a lot slipperier wing. Yeah, uh, and obviously the wing at a circuit like this uh, and how you choose to use it uh, is one of the key factors. Uh, Checo's using his to keep the tires warm. Max using his to yep. get top speed. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of strategy laid bare, if that's the right word. Sometimes we don't see it as much, but it was laid bare Ooh. a lot more. I like that. Yeah. yeah, it was like uh, Haas running two different setups on mm-hmm. their yeah. cars because of driver preference. Uh, I suspect there were a lot of teams, and we now know that Red Bull was one of them that had different setups on the two cars. How about the Bellagio fountains blasting to the theme of the F1 theme? <laughs> I, I just I don't really care about the Bellagio fountain, but I thought it was kind of cool having the F1 music. <laughs> Jonathan, you're not excited about that? No. <laughs> the, well, I mean, give but me I think choices that's another. I was going to say, it's another one of those moments. Sorry, I I know I'm on a delay here and I keep cutting you guys off. But uh, when you were saying about the growth over here of F1 and the size of it now and the scale, that something Mm. like that happens. I remember that theme getting ridiculed when it was first created. And now um, among a generation of fans, it's almost iconic. And they'll see that. And and it may well be in 10 years that, you know, something's gone on and and Formula 1's in a different place. And we all sit around and go, remember when we did that? Uh, so hopefully it's not a remember it's, or if it is, it's because it's gone even further, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was one of those that again shows just how far we've come. I think, no, I think that's the right way to look at it. No question. Um, and I think that to be honest, as we drearily wake up misty eyed, Medlin still writing me, (laughs) me going to the airport, Bob finally getting some sleep and John still here, probably broadcasting. (laughs) Um, I think we will all look back at what was a turning point um, in, in, or a major, t- a major point in Formula One racing history in terms of uh, this coming on. No question. 
All right, let's get in our last break of the night. And when we come back, we're going to talk about someone who I have been railing on, and that is Lance Stroll. You listen to Speed City back after these messages. you give the guy who came in the booth no, this a minute is mine. ago? Oh, that's yours. Okay. Is that? Oh, that's your custom custom ear orthotic? Yep. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Th- these are off the shelf, but um, they are very good. You should get some. So those are those aren't custom molded to your ear. No. They look like it. No, you had some of those. I've got. Sure. No, I've still got those. Here, let's yeah. look on the stream. Let's see who's who's chatting out there. If anybody's still a freaking wake. Wow, we got 22 people watching. Let's see. T W in Thailand. He is maybe he and Andy P are probably our most loyal. Fans. Well, I'll what about Udon? Yeah, let's see. He's in Thailand, too. The noodle? Yeah. No. <laughs> Joy of Oyster Bay, about 45 minutes ago. Lots well, of passing. I have to get my old ass to bed. Have a great show. Yeah. <laughs> he's done. I don't blame him. Isn't he's that why God embedded the DBR? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of quiet out there, but thanks, everybody, for Start tuning in on the hit. YouTube getting hot in here oh i thought that just blew open or something nope that would be the uh, door for our listeners yep yes and if anybody hasn't heard me at talk which point about do it. we say good morning to people on the east coast is that the ah. next the next segment yeah i don't know I, I, I mean it's what okay it's about to be 1 a.m here so that's plus plus three so it's 4, 4. a.m almost Cri- chris do you think our cynical british folk who watch that early morning will have been yeah one over not one over, because I don't think the criticism was with the race happening, but it will have certainly improved the mood, uh, which is all, it's so fickle, isn't it? Because then it's about you know nothing to do, like there was no control that the organisers had other than the track layout they've given for how the drivers perform and, and, the, yeah. and the different uh, kind of racing you get. But um, yeah, definitely, it definitely helps. I think also just it going smoothly really helped since Thursday. No more yeah. issues, no more statements that weren't particularly brilliantly worded <laughs> all right hello to everyone this is Gunther Steiner this is Speed City welcome back to the fastest hour in radio Speed City in sports, the scoreboard doesn't tell the full story, but Netflix does. Stories about dads who happen to be world-class quarterbacks, untold tales of the athletes you thought you knew, the heart-racing pressure for the heart, soul, and survival of the multimillion-dollar business of F1, stories about college kids who were given a last chance at redemption, David Beckham's meteoric rise to not only becoming a global soccer phenomenon, but also becoming the biggest celebrity couple in pop culture from upsets to injuries from comebacks to victories we get to see it all with netflix sports these are the stories that turn us all into fans and gives everyone something to cheer for to feel for to hold your breath for and to get up out of your seat for whether you're a diehard fan or you're brand new with shows like f1 drive to survive quarterback full swing untold beckham and so many more netflix has the stories for every type of fan Netflix turns us all into fans. Jonathan, you've opened the door and uh, let Vegas in. I love it. It's nice and cool out. What is it? It finally dropped into the 50s. It's 57 degrees in Vegas now. And the sphere is still spinning. Spinning? You know what my favorite part of the whole thing was? Was when we went to yellow. The sphere went yellow. So oh, we yeah, I know. The ultimate yellow flag. I right. saw that. But, but, he dropped, but, he, but the sphere did drop the ball. <laughs> <laughs> because um, he put the checkered flag out before the checkered flag. He, he was early, wasn't he, Chris? Yeah, he was a lap early. And uh, they say you've got to take the signal, don't you? But yeah, um, there was a there was a story earlier in the week. I remember we talked about it. I think didn't we? Maybe on yesterday's show about they're not going to show uh, red or yellow or yes, blue flag colors. colors. Yeah, um, or those colors on on there. And I said, you know, I, I think the drivers have said that they're not actually that distracted by it. So it's going to be OK, which turned out to be the case, because there was no way that Google ad was going to be allowed when it had red, yellow and blue in it. Um, yeah, exactly. Because depending on which part of the side you could see, you, you would get a different color. But um, I thought it looked spectacular, actually. I also thought it was pretty funny with a couple of laps to go. They put a, a big picture of uh, Charles Leclerc uh, as he literally went underneath it. I was like, if he looks up now, he's going to get a shock of his life seeing himself there. Well, I mean, it's kind of like baseball in modern parks. 
with the massive screens in the outfield, mm -hmm. the guy comes to bat, and he's looking at, at a picture of himself, himself that's yeah. about eight stories tall. Me and Bob had that, too, in the paddock. Well, we've that's had, right. We we've had in, in uh, lots of stick and ball sports in the U.S. where there's the big screens. Mm -hmm. they, the players use the screen yeah. Yeah. and, and uh, adjust their play for whatever it is, whether it's you know a football, uh, the defensive back watching the, you know, the quarterback or whatever. So it's not uncommon. Uh, did you guys notice the pit stop for McLaren? One one point nine. Oh, no, I didn't see for that. For Piastri, yeah, yeah, one point nine. When he made his good. last change, tire yep. change. To yep, go fast. it was late in the race. Fat, they are good. Yeah, I wrote down the fastest ones. I saw Perez two four, Russell two five, Logan Sargent two six, and oh, Max is two seven when he had his five second penalty, so he right. had a seven seven. But uh, let's look at the um, the results here and see if any, oh, I said we were going to talk about. Lance Stroll. Right. Yep. Chris, Chris, you tell me, have I been going too far railing on Lance Stroll? Uh, probably pushing the envelope, but he finished fifth today. But what do you think? Uh, yes and no, because your point <laughs> is completely valid and remains valid, uh, although I haven't heard him speak today. But even when he has a good result, he doesn't always seem to want to be all that enthusiastic about it. And he doesn't make much effort to endear himself i think to fans or to anybody that he's working with other than within his own team uh, and that's frustrating especially when people start being sympathetic towards him when things aren't going well but you you see the reasons and you try and talk to him about it and um, we ask him questions and you just get a no yeah 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 we're, we're, tr we're trying here so for that reason you're 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 right um but i kind of then just you know make the point once and leave it and and you know if he doesn't want us to, to talk to him we won't talk about him in that sense but yeah, yeah driving-wise, <laughs> I think we've seen a couple of races uh, recently where he really, really has um, delivered the sort of results that make me defend him. Um, the performances that are close to Fernando Alonso's level. And you know, it was Alonso making the silly mistake today. It wasn't Stroll in difficult conditions, yeah. which yeah. he seems to excel at. Low grip seems to suit him. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it was a really, really good performance. He was helped by the safety car, of course, but, uh, but he made the most of his opportunities and, and moved forward. And he's done that a few times now. Uh, and, and picked up strong results, really good in Brazil as well. So when, when Aston have needed him in these last few races, he's come to the party, and now he's put them right in that fight, hasn't he, with, uh, with McLaren for fourth place going into Abu Dhabi. We've got two there, the Mercedes-Ferrari fight and the Aston Martin-McLaren one that are surely both separated by single figures, I think, if not, not much more for Aston. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and you know, I, he was the only... We, we do the... Um, on the big screens, we do the... Uh, uh, the driver's interviews on the stage for the fans. He was the only one that didn't show. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I've known him since he was a kid. He came to the Toyota Racing Series. And since he stepped into a race car, he's been on a hiding to nothing because everybody says that he's only in Formula One because of his dad. And that's not fair. He has won every title he, he has entered, every uh, series he's entered. And he has put on some performances that have been superb against one of the greatest drivers of this period, Fernando Alonso and and, and Vettel. He, he, you know, you're comparing this kid, yeah, whose father owns the team, to two of the greatest drivers um, of their generation, and. Yeah, and also, yes, he is petulant. He is a spoiled kid. I remember asking him at the Toyota Racing Series when he was 16. You know, he was talking about his love of Ferrari, and I said, have you ever driven one? He goes, yeah, my dad owns a track in Canada. <laughs> and he had a collection of 100 you, Ferraris you or know, whatever. So there was me being an idiot. But, yeah. but, but my point is, you know, he has had the silver spoon. And, yeah, and every time, in fact, this has happened multiple seasons. Every year you think, oh, he's – you know, he's, he's, he's not going to do good. He just does what he did the last couple of races mm -hmm. where he proves that he is, is he's, worthy he, of being here. He's worthy of the seat. You wouldn't, the, yes. the, there has been no conversation, well, except for Aston Martin potentially being sold hmm. uh, of, uh, and Yuki coming in, but there's been no conversation about him not being up to the, the game. Yeah. yeah, when he's on, he's on. Yeah. But, you know, when Wonder he's how horrible, good, he's horrible. How, how good could he be <coughs> if he... You know, because I, I feel like he he, he needs to be in another team. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. With with the pressure of actually saying, if you don't perform, you're out. That was that what you mean, or what do you mean? Yes, just yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh, needs to move away yeah. from dad. Yeah. And I knew a guy in sports car racing once who had a uh, a well known co-driver. Dad on the team, 
I asked the co-driver, who I knew pretty well, what about this kid? What's he got? And, and, and I'm not mentioning any names, but the co-driver said he could be really good. He's quick, but he's also got that silver spoon, and he really needs a kick in the butt every mm. now and then. Yep. And then you have to wonder if the kick in the butt conveyed the message that you wanted it to. You know, if, if you've got, um, you know, a conduit to a source of, of information and mentoring and all that sort of thing, pay attention. You know, you, do you really want to be as good as you can be? And I kind of get the sense that there's a little of that with Lance, you know. Sooner or later, you know, when it, you might lose interest in what you could learn from having a guy like Fernando Alonso mm, right alongside exactly. with his 358 career starts or whatever it is. But he ceases to amaze <clears throat> me. In the wet in Japan, mm-hmm. his start, that was unblinding. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look at the, uh, the driver's standings. Um, so it's Max, of course, then... Checo at 273. Done. And Lewis at 232, but tied with 200 points each. Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> four and five. That's good. And then five points back from them, Lando Norris. And then another seven points back from him is Charles Leclerc. So between between Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, and Charles Leclerc, there's 12 points. Wow. That, that, that. That gives us something to look forward for Abu Dhabi. Yeah, exactly. Now you know what your job is in Abu. Yeah, exactly. Now let's look at constructors because if I can operate the computer at this hour of the night. It's a big ask. (laughs) It is, and I'm I'm not even going to try to make an excuse. Uh, But constructors, so. Oh, wow. Mercedes Ferrari, 392 to 388. Four points. And look at the bottom. Look at uh, eight. I know that's where, that's actually where I was going to to start. Haas with twelve at the bottom, then Alfa Romeo with sixteen. So they they haven't moved either team. Right. Right. And then Alfatari with twenty one, and then Williams with twenty eight. So Williams have moved moved away, but not not that oh, far. No, not yeah, enough, yeah. But yeah, and then uh, Alpine with one twenty. Well, they gained some points today. Aston Martin two seventy. Yeah, two seventy three to. 273 for them and, and uh, 284 for McLaren. So there's your battle there in constructors for next week for a final race. Uh, we're, we're almost out of time, boys. Any final thoughts? Anybody? Everybody? I, I, you know, a win-win. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm often a cynic. We British are terrible at uh, poo-pooing sporting events. Yeah, I don't even count you as British. I don't count myself in that vein, <coughs> put it that way. But, no, I think, I think they pulled it off. They pulled off the impossible. That would be my abiding memory yeah. of this. Um, again, and I've said it before this weekend, what has happened here in Las Vegas really kind of changes the dynamic and the expectations. It raises the bar, is the popular phrase, uh, for every other event on the schedule. Uh, and I'm thinking about Abu Dhabi next week. And all of the work that has to get done in the next 12 hours mm-hmm. to get everything on the airplane because they are racing, you know, practice on Friday in Abu Dhabi. Americans love to talk money. And if I tell you that this event garnered $1.3 billion, which will be twice what they make from the Super Bowl in two months' time, that's all you need to know. <laughs> all right, Chris, you got the last 30 seconds. Oh, no pressure, but um, <laughs> I kind of agree with all the sentiments given uh, and must say that actually I'm impressed with the way that F1 bounced back as well uh, in terms of it, it all went very well and very smoothly uh, after day one and they couldn't have hoped for any better. I think there's a lot of relief that they got a clean race and there's a lot of bonus relief that it's a good one. Um, and I think people now are going to look forward to coming back. I'll tell you, pending the results of the class action lawsuit. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a class action lawsuit by uh, ambulance chasing class action lawyers. Lorenzo and Lorenzo. Easy now, easy. Are they on top of it? These are my professional brethren. I want you to. <laughs> All right, my last thoughts are the same reason that you see M- uh, Michael Andretti, every time they throw him a, a foul ball, he knocks it out of the park. Mm. And you saw his face that time when the, he said, don't worry, we'll be back. That is the American spirit, and this is what we do, is we make stuff fantastic, and this is what we've done with F1. Especially in sport. Yeah. That's a great mangled metaphor. Hey, Threw I, a foul ball, hey, and he hit it out of the park. Hey, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. 
It's three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Got a man. All right, ball. thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week. And uh, check our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out all the details. Thanks for listening. Happy trails. Cheers.